0: Welcome in to the Sunday edition, special edition here of the Fun Astrology Podcast. Hope you have a cup of coffee or something going on that you can just sit and enjoy some of listener questions about various topics. Let me mention our Christmas trip again. If you do not have plans for the Christmas week, you might want to check out the top of the FunAstrology.com website because we do have a little something you might want to participate in. Just go there, check it out, see if it's for you. Get in touch with me if you'd like to know more. You are invited and you have a home. All right, our first question from Canada. This is Ian. I was just listening to your episode on the eclipse in the Fun Astrology podcast and was looking around at my chart for 16 degrees, which happens to be my black moon in Taurus. And I was very interested and read all about it. And I'm curious to know, How important of a role does the black moon play in people's lives? I don't hear it talked about much and was curious the level of importance that you and Robert give the black moon. Okay, now he was asking for both Robert. I can speak for Robert on this one. We've talked about it a lot and neither of us have Lilith on our charts. The black moon. But we can talk about this a little bit. So what is it? First of all, it's like the nodes of the moon. It's a point on your chart indicating the moon at its farthest away from the Earth in its orbit around the Earth. Astronomically, it's called the apogee, the point farthest away. Now, what it stands for has been a little bit demonized because, obviously, Lilith, the dark moon, you know, it sounds just dark and dang well it has feminine energy but it has been given this shadow side interpretation so ian said that he had done some digging on it i'll just leave it with that but here's what robert says and i don't completely fully embrace this but of the luminaries and planets that we do normally have on our chart He says that he sees everything he needs to not have to include anything else. And keep in mind, this is a guy that has made his living doing this. So if there was another saw or hammer or screwdriver or tool to put in his toolbox, I've asked him this. I said, if Lilith, I didn't say specifically, but if Lilith gave you an edge, would you use it? Absolutely. But what he would say is, well, the shadow side of Venus can tell you the shadow side of your personality or the secret side or the transformational side, the karmic side of Saturn or Pluto would tell you that information. Now, there is one item that I include on my chart, and that's Chiron. And if you've listened to my subconscious mind mastery podcast, you know that there are lots of stories in there about a transformation that really in earnest began at age 50, the Chiron return. Now, I would not have personally dissected that information from Jupiter or from Virgo's various things. Chiron makes sense to me. I've proven it up in the anvil of my own life. So, Chiron stays. But look, if if you put the asteroid belt planets, if you put Lilith and then a few fixed stars, and then tried to read the aspects on your chart. I mean, there are some who do, and that's great. I couldn't do it. It would be way too muddy. The older I get, the simpler I like things. <laughs> Just keep it right up the middle. And I do agree that for what we need to consult astrology for, what is encased in the ten bodies that we typically put on a chart is quite a bit of information. Now, Liz Grace Christie, who has been on the podcast a couple of times and is starting to do readings, she is intrigued by these major asteroids. So we're talking about Ceres, Juno, Vesta, Pallas, Chiron is one, Eros, Lilith is included in this bunch. She's going to be doing readings on these and kind of as a niche specialty. She's also millennial, and Ian sounds like a young man, so there might be a good fit there that, Ian, you might want to get with her. We're going to have her up on the website here just within the next couple of weeks. She's going to be a great addition and has become a wonderful supporter and friend of this work. She was looking for an edge, and I encouraged her. I said, why don't you you know, play with this? It's something that you're passionate about, and they all, all of them, represent the feminine force In the chart. So I think that's, we're moving in that direction. So I think there's definitely something to be explored there. Am I going to do it? Is Robert Glasscock going to do it? Is Steve Forrest going to do it? No, probably not. We need this new generation of the Liz Grace Christie's out there who are going to move it forward. So, we'll get you introduced to her. She'll be on the team of readers that are available for you on the funastrology.com website under the reading category. Speaking of as well, Laura Taft asked me to remind you that she is offering a 20% discount through the end of the year. And that discount code is on the description under her name. Ian, thanks for a great question. I'm curious about the draconic chart, and especially if your chart doesn't change much from the natal to draconic, what would that indicate? All right. First of all, thank you for the question. And I'm going to explain what that draconic chart is that she's talking about. But let me take a step back first. We did an episode on Old Soul, New Soul, where Robert said you have really three charts And what he was referring to is your base natal chart that we always go back to. That's the one that you are born with and will die with. It never changes. But there are so many variations from it. You can put up a secondary progressed chart and read that. You can put up a solar arc chart and read that. You can put the transits over it, which, of course, we encourage you to do all the time, and read that. Then there are a couple of others. Like right now I'm looking at my chart where I made Aries zero degrees. So in other words, repositioning the chart in zodiacal order. So now the ascendant is zero degrees Aries. Well that puts my stellium of the Sun, Mars, and Neptune, my Mars tune, in the eighth house, ruled by Scorpio, ruled by Pluto. I could be very comfortable with that as a natal chart because my whole life has been about death and rebirth. That cycle has repeated over and over and over in my life. I can also change it to another chart that Robert mentioned in that episode of putting the sun on the ascendant. When I do that, then the stellium is mostly in the 12th house. Endings and completions completing karma, completing and digging up deep things from Scorpio and bringing them to a finality so that this soul of mine can move on in new territory. That reads very well. Now, in my software, Astro Gold on the Mac, that comes under the house systems, and I think typically that would. I'm not sure what Astro.com does with that, but... In a separate setting, so where you have the type of zodiac, tropical western zodiac, that's where you find the setting to change to draconic. It's not one of the house systems, in other words. But it is a similar repositioning. So it's a little bit strange. You would think, well, why didn't they put it under that category? Because it really is the same thing. What draconic does is it makes your north node the zero point of Aries and repositions the chart accordingly. That's all. It's just like the others. Just as we made zero degrees Aries the beginning of the first house. You can do that. You can reposition the sun. You can reposition it according to the north node at zero degrees Aries. Now, what is this chart trying to tell us? What it's trying to say is that this is our karmic path. There's the north node as the beginning of the journey the beginning of the chart. So as you then reposition your planets, the degrees will change and the signs will change, but the planets will stay in their same position in the same houses. Now, I'll use a personal example, but that's the best one I've got, is my stellium, which is in the fifth house in the equal house system, stays in the fifth house, but it changes to Taurus when I set my north node to zero degrees. Well, I've always said, whenever you run out of gas with your own natal sign, look over on the other side of the chart. You'll get your answers there. I didn't know what I was talking about when I realized or intuited that that was the solution to the chart, really. But in my own chart, in Draconic, my stellium, which was in Scorpio, flops over to Taurus, the opposite sign. Better get busy looking in some opposite directions, right? Okay, so and there are other ways you can read it. I mean, for example, Sagittarius becomes the rising sign. I've never been satisfied with secular work. Now, can I see that in other places in my chart? Yes, easily. But it's just a a really good way to look at it through fresh eyes. This caller said hers did not change much. This goes back to anybody who does readings and sits and looks at chart after chart, we'll see that basically some people came to this life to do karmic work, especially where we are right now under Saturn-Pluto, coming into this life with this turbocharged force to make these changes. Well, what this is saying is that her natal chart gives her all that she needs focus on your natal chart. You've got a wealth of information there. So you could obviously put it into these different positions, but what it's just saying is that those natal planets are creating for you both the picture of and the tools for the job that you came here for. And just a final thought, is this not amazing that you can take the same base position of planets in the sky as above, so below at the moment of your birth You can slice and dice and reformat that chart a dozen different ways. And they all share information from the cosmos to help you on your journey. I just find this absolutely fascinating. Such a beautiful study, such a divinely provided source of information and guidance. We are not left alone. We do have an instruction manual. The deeper you get into that chart and understand it, the more you will be aligned with your true path and purpose for being here on the planet. Ah, I love you guys. Thank you for a couple of great questions. Have a wonderful Sunday. Come join us tonight. If you're listening to this in real time on Sunday, the 13th, we will be on Facebook in the fun astrology podcast listeners group page, or you can catch us on YouTube in the fun astrology channel on YouTube. will be live at 8 p.m. Eastern with our weekly meditation and sharing love out to the world. Come join us. Help us do it. All right. See you back tomorrow. We got a good week ahead of us, as Ray mentioned yesterday.